3: West of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late for some of you, but we got a really, really exciting show. I'm joined by Genevieve. Genevieve, how you doing over there?
0: I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yep. Not too bad.
3: Happy uh, 5th of July.
0: Happy 5th of July. Yeah. yeah. Happy post-independence day. I
3: know. We're, we just heard uh, a little while ago, the, the 5th of July fireworks. It's a thing. Or it's Is becoming it? a thing. Yeah, I think Is people it? just...
0: Ha- happy happy leaving us. Day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> true. True. Uh, I, I can hear a, a bit of resentment in your tone, but
0: I wasn't even planned. Uh, <laughs> <then. laughs>
3: but uh, thanks everyone for uh, uh, tuning in, and uh, shout out to the people listening to us on iHeartRadio, our folks on Ustream. and if you're catching the uh, podcast on iTunes, hello to you as well. We hope you're doing lovely tonight. Our guest. It's a good friend of the show. We've we've had the pleasure of having him on the show a a few times in the past, and every time he's been on, it's it's always a fascinating conversation, and I know that uh, we're in store for uh, some really good stuff. Genevieve, if you would do the honors to introduce our guest for the evening.
0: All right. Here's a little summary about Ben Hansen, um, as adapted from his website, benhansen.com, I believe. Ben grew up primarily in Utah, the second oldest of six children. With the backing of extremely supportive parents, he developed an obsession with trying new things, with a particularly keen interest in earning certifications and licenses. His achievements include becoming a licensed airplane pilot, amateur radio operator, licensed falconer, certified scuba diver, hang glider, search and rescue dog handler, and earning the Eagle Scout Award in Boy Scouts. In large, thanks to his mother he graduated with honors from the university of utah with a bachelor's in sociology certification in criminology and corrections a spanish minor and a year of study abroad completed in australia After graduating from college, he worked for several private and public agencies, including investigating child sex crimes and severe physical Mm -hmm. abuse on the Utah County Sex Crimes Task Force. His training and work later brought him to the position of special agent for the FBI. All in all, this has accumulated to over six years of formal experience in investigating a wide range of crimes and national security details. Many of you may have seen Ben on the TV show Fact or Faked, for those of you that don't know, Fact or Fake is an investigative reality TV show and Ben in fact, no pun intended, um worked with the show producers to help develop it. The show is different from most investigative paranormal type TV shows in that it tries to non-biasly analyze and explore evidence already at hand. So rather than conducting their own, you know, field investigations, their aim was to break down already existing information. Anyway, beyond that, Ben has also made several appearances on UFOs Declassified, airing on the History Channel in Canada, the Yesterday Channel in the UK, and still upcoming, the Smithsonian Channel in the US. Ben also contributes to Huffington Post's Weird News column, providing analyses of photos and videos, breaking down captured media of alleged Bigfoot sightings, UFOs, ghost events and most notably on both President Clinton and President Obama when questioned about UFOs on the Jimmy Kimmel live show, which we'll be talking about later. And as as if that weren't enough, um, he also films aerial video and photography with remote control, multi-rotor helicopters and teachers fire arms courses as an instructor. He's also an active volunteer, especially when it comes to disaster preparedness, serving on the local community emergency response team and the disaster action team for the American Red Cross. He also works as a senior research analyst for a non-profit disaster relief organization, which is currently awaiting funding to fully launch. So was making drum me roll, feel please. bad reading something like that i know right drum roll we'd like to welcome <laughs> ben to us the rockies once again
3: <laughs> ben can you hear us okay
4: <laughs> i can thank you
3: geez where do you find oh, uh... <laughs> the hours in a day to do all that that's, unbelievable that's crazy. Uh, i
4: don't i don't <laughs> i mean that i know you asked me if it was current and i i forgot there's there's another probably a big third of what my takes up my time now is the thing called prepper con which is mm-hmm.
2: a
0: <laughs>
4: Currently, the current mm-hmm. uh, the uh, country's largest disaster survival
3: expo that wow. uh, I helped.
0: Found, I couldn't fit so. anyone <laughs> to my page, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, real quick, tell me about PrepperCon. Like, what it sounds. Uh, yeah, like you said, you know, I guess it's, the whole idea is to inform people how to prepare. Is it just for like natural disasters, or you know, alien yeah, invasion? Maybe. Yeah,
4: yeah, totally. We had. Um, my my brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, kind of was kicking around the idea while well, we, he was um, attending a comic con, uh-huh. and at the same time, I had come up with a similar thing, and we both were just kind of like, "Whoa, you've been thinking about doing the same thing? Yeah, I was too." And so we got serious about it, mm-hmm. and um, so it was kind of a family venture. It's a hybrid of comic con, uh-huh. so you have all like the celebrities, and we embrace the zombie you know culture, <laughs> and, nice. um, right? Yeah, we had our first event. We had some uh, guests from The Walking Dead.
3: Oh, nice. Um,
4: we had celebrities like Michael Hawk, uh, who is on Man, Woman, Wild, and Dual Survivor. Oh, uh, nice. Not Dual Survivor. Um, I forget the, uh, the exact title on, on Discovery, but he is just, you know, an awesome, true-to-earth, real-life Green Beret mm-hmm. guy. And so wow, all these people who are teaching real-life survival skills in the... uh uh, vendors or are, mm-hmm. are people from across the country who will sell you anything from food supplies mm-hmm. to, uh, methods to starting fires and shelter to, uh, protection devices and wow. all that. And it's like, you don't have to be a quote unquote mm-hmm. prepper that you see on TV.
2: <laughs> you right, know, like right. the
4: doomsdayers right. who are like, oh, and, and into the world. No, I mean, <laughs> just look at, what happened this past week in Greece right
1: right mm-hmm. right and
4: uh, the economy again is in the tank and
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, within hours everything from you know what you would consider would always have food a supermarket or Costco or whatever it's right. gonna be emptied
1: right no, you know when we're mm-hmm. out
4: here in California mm-hmm. forget it
1: <laughs>
3: right, <laughs> you don't
4: right. if you don't have stuff saved up you're gonna you're gonna have to you know, hold out and, and wait.
3: Yeah, well, we're, mm-hmm. we and have that we drought going on, I guess. Scary, no. <laughs> yeah. So Because I was going to ask, uh, you know, is this uh, a sub? I, I don't know if subculture is the correct word, but are these people that have always been there? Is this something that's always been going on? But, you know, it's just now becoming popular because, like you said, it shows like The Walking Dead. And why do you think it's so popular right now?
4: Well, we live in a strange world, and I think we can all agree to that. Whether mm-hmm. whether some people want to blame it on global warming or global change or right or whatever or exhausting Earth's resources or whatever you attest to the changes, mm-hmm. stuff is going on, and we've we've had a lot more disasters. We've had a lot more true um, bio terrorism and terrorism mm-hmm. events, and mm-hmm. so we it is a dangerous world. And the um, cool thing about these zombie shows and stuff is that it's really a metaphor. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, Oh, you think zombies are going to come No, I don't think a, a half dead or a, a once dead <laughs> corpse is going to come through my door. <laughs> right. But, but a zombie could be anybody who, who does come to your family, whether it's disease
2: mm-hmm. or
4: famine mm-hmm. or drought or, or an actual person trying to take things from your family, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun way just to say, look, yeah, we're preparing for the zombie apocalypse. So in reality, it's
2: a we, we're just for becoming more, independent, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: you know, and you don't have to be a fanatic. You really don't. Mm-hmm. You're just saying, look, I don't want to be that person who was in Katrina, who was sitting there for days waiting for FEMA to show up
2: mm-hmm. and
4: days turned into weeks and weeks turned into months and people are dying of disease and everything when you could have taken care of your own family. Right. So it's it's not that crazy to think, you know, that everyone should be doing this.
3: Very it's true. sensible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because you get uh, I would imagine that uh, you probably, you know, hear it from a lot of people, when you talk about these things, that there is that kind of negative connotation, you know, the like you said, the fanatics, I guess. But as you very uh, wisely put it, there's nothing wrong with being prepared. In and, mm-hmm. and a zombie can be many things. I hadn't thought about it in that way. So, no, that's really sure. cool. And and uh, so PrepperCon is this a yearly event? Is that what the aim is with? Uh... Uh,
4: it will be. It will be more than yearly. Our oh, first wow. one um, took place in in Salt Lake, where the third. I guess it would be the world's not maybe the world's but the nation's third largest comic-con now takes place um oh wow uh twice a year there now
1: really and and
4: so based on kind of that enthusiasm from the fan base and everything Mm -hmm. that's where our first one took place our next one there will be in April but we've already had calls from across the country saying come to our state do this do that so we're looking actually at Hawaii wow Um, we're looking at um, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, possibly before April. It's just,
2: oh, you wow. know, like
4: I really have to quit my day job if, if we start doing this. It's right. so mm-hmm.
2: it's consuming, like tour, yeah. you know,
4: and, and for a, an event like this, you know, to have over 10,000 people is quite something. And yeah. but that's just, the beginning. That's just yeah, that's the beginning. Amazing. I mean, we really are going to explode with this. So
3: that's pretty incredible. No, that's really good, and 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 yeah, that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because I've heard you mention it before, and it sounds like it was getting to be quite the endeavor. But hey, if there's anybody that can get you prepared, it's Ben Hansen. That's <laughs> one thing I can <laughs> definitely uh, guarantee, uh, Ben. Let's talk about this, uh, because I know that you produced two videos that you posted on on YouTube and they started doing the the social media rounds and blogs and newspapers. and uh, You know, it got a lot of people's attentions and the videos that I'm talking about have to do with these uh, interviews with uh, President Obama and uh, President Clinton on the Jimmy Kimmel uh, live show. And uh, it's really interesting, you know, I it would have never cross my mind, I guess, to uh, to sit down and, and really, you know, analyze these things. But you got down and you analyzed these videos and we're going to talk about them in a bit of detail here. But first, let me ask you, how did the idea come about? to do this uh, with your first video, which was the uh, Clinton interview. Um, did you watch it live and t- t- there was something fishy about it? Or did somebody bring it up to you and you decided to go have a look? How did you know decide to analyze President Clinton in this interview?
4: Well, um, I think it all started when, over the past couple of years, I've been contributing to um, Huffington Post stories through my, my friend Lee Spiegel. Mm-hmm. And um, he writes in the weird news column. So
3: my favorite column, know, it, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is. I mean, like it, he, he specifically, his kind of forte is, is UFOs and, and uh-huh. Bigfoot, sometimes some ghost stuff. And so there'll be times where I talk to him probably every other week. Mm-hmm. And he's asking me to comment on stories. And um, he called me one night and he said, hey, I'm going to be tuning into uh, Jimmy Kimmel because he's going to ask President um, Clinton. This was last year. Mm-hmm. about, uh, UFOs. And I was like, what? He says, yeah, well, he said it on, I think it was on a Wednesday or Monday. And he said, I'm going to ask president Clinton when he comes in a couple of days about if he looked into the UFO files. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, this ought to be interesting. And, uh, I think I caught the reruns on it if it wasn't live, but I caught it later on DVR. and mm-hmm. It was about, mm, I think two minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. So that yeah. section of the interview, which mm-hmm. was many, many minutes, um, he flat out asked him if, if he did anything to look into the UFO and alien files. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I, I get the, the, the surface, you know, kind of feeling that people look at this as it was lighthearted. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was fun and they're giggling and laughing and stuff, but mm-hmm. something didn't sit right with me. And I know from my, my years of interviewing and thousands of victims and perpetrators and things in criminal cases, Right. Um, if you don't turn on the switch, there's kind of a switch that when you're observing somebody's reactions, if you don't purposely acknowledge uh, some of the signs, then all you get is kind of a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's why we like to video most of our interviews, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So. Mm-hmm. I went back and I started looking at it,
2: mm-hmm. and
4: I said, "Wait a second, this doesn't feel congruent. It doesn't feel like what he's saying is what is, is congruent with the real message he's trying to put forward." And I started breaking it down, and what resulted was turning that less than three minutes into like a thirty, I think it was thirty-six minute analysis.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
4: So, um, oh, sorry. There's some fireworks going off here too.
3: <laughs> July fifth. and it. Daylight. It's
4: like a war zone here in uh <laughs> here in Huntington Beach. No joke. You were talking about the the day after, right?
3: Uh, I'm telling you. You know, I wonder fails. what
4: the, the founding fathers what they did the day after. They probably like holed up in some <laughs> secret area and thought we just signed a Declaration of Independence and. Uh,
1: Oh, can, can you I'd, imagine?
4: Uh, an order for execution.
3: Pretty much. <laughs> They're probably Pretty hiding. Much. They could have used a prep I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> um, well, we actually have um, a snippet from that yeah. first interview, so I think it'll be a good time to play it just to give um, listeners and viewers on Ustream, um, you can actually watch along, mm-hmm. um, just to give me an idea of um, what Ben's talking about in the interview.
5: One other thing we can go back and look at is an increase in jaw-clinching. While Clinton does seem to flex his jaw at times during the whole interview, we can see that the action increases during the questioning about UFO and alien subjects. Again, this could be a sign of stress, and flexing for some people is kind of a soothing behavior to release attention. It also can mean frustration. In a few parts of the interview, he juts out his lower jaw coupled with the lips pressed tightly together. It happens rather quickly, but almost always indicates a negative emotion. Many times it's like the jaw flex and it's done as a soothing gesture. The timing of it is important. He does it the first of the UFO questions, which we just saw, and then exactly when he tells Kimmel that he waited until his second term to ask about Roswell. Then again, right after he says he had people look at the records to make sure there wasn't an alien Area 51. Then again, very strongly after he had all the Roswell papers reviewed. All of this brings us up to the point where Kimmel asks if Clinton would tell the American public about aliens if he knew. If you saw that there were aliens there, would you tell us? Yeah, you would. Yeah, it is. It is. Even though it sounds like a guy in the audience is yelling that he's a liar. This is possibly the most difficult segment of the interview to analyze. My opinion is that Clinton is most clearly...
3: All right. And uh, there are people on uh, Ustream got to view a bit of the uh, analysis of the uh, Clinton interview. And I mean, honestly, watching the video with Ben narrating it mm-hmm. and seeing something like just the way he uh, clenches his jaw and there is a certain uneasiness and awkwardness that you help us see that because you cut back to like earlier moments in the interview when you can clearly see his relaxed and then you, you see his reactions as, as these questions are being asked. It's really crazy. Uh, how did you, uh, or where did you learn about this jaw clenching? Is this like a common thing to look for?
2: Well,
4: it's, it's an indicator of, um, A soothing gesture or, or, you know, that this person's experiencing stress. Now, Mm -hmm. Clinton has his habits and he has things that he likes to do and so does Obama. Um, Mm -hmm. You first have to understand the speaker and what they normally do in stress. Um, All of these indicators don't necessarily mean that someone is lying. It just means that they're experiencing something more stressful. So Luckily, we had a whole lot of information on when Clinton is telling lies, you know, from the mm-hmm. Lewinsky yeah. trials and, and his speech patterns. And True. Um, the jaw clenching, if you take one portion, mm-hmm. just one, you know, uh, sign, we'll call it a red flag, it doesn't really mean much.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
4: so some people, if you only watch a little snippet of this video, you're like, oh, well, how can you draw that conclusion? Well, follow it through. Take some caffeine. I mean, it's a right. long, a long video. Um, if you stay awake, though, you'll see the point I'm trying to make is the probability yeah. mm-hmm. that there's something stressful going on here greatly increases when you look at the whole totality. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, one of the other things is that um, Clinton mm-hmm. rambles; he's mm-hmm. a rambler. So he's also kind of a spin doctor. He's he minces his words. Yeah, uh, this is the same guy who said he didn't smoke. Um, Marijuana. Right. He didn't because he didn't inhale it. So mm-hmm. his definition was, "Well, I didn't inhale, therefore I wasn't smoking." Um, he's also the guy who says that uh, uh, you know, with Lewinsky in the trial, they asked him, "Well, did you have?" Uh, I can't remember the exact question, but they're talking about sexual relations, and he yeah. says, "Well, that depends on what the definition
3: mm-hmm. of his is is." Yeah. He's a total <laughs> you know, so, attorney. <laughs> like, it's like a the lawyer you want to have.
4: So what he does when he gets nervous is he'll start to ramble mm-hmm. and he'll start to go down what I call dead ends,
3: basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
4: So he'll start in on, on something and change the topic. He'll jump, a mid-sentence mm-hmm. jump into something else. So mm-hmm. if you watch where he's talking about Area 51, he kind of starts rambling about how People had to put on special clothes. Right, an hour before they went into the base, and and then he he says something like, "But uh uh, but there's no aliens down there." Right. hmm And you know, it's like, whoa, hold on.
1: That
0: follow, yeah. <laughs>
4: you start breaking apart what he was saying, and the people I've interviewed, like George Knapp,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
4: who um, is the the world authority and broke the story on on Area 51.
3: Right. He right.
4: doesn't remember, and all the dozens of workers he's talked to mm-hmm. from the base doesn't remember anything about special clothing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really strange um, statement that he made. It, it's a very interesting uh, way in which he he just says this this sentence, talking about the employees. Yeah, and, and they, they have to stop and a, and a mile out to put on, like, special suits to go in because that's where they keep the stealth technology yeah, look it, i'm no physicist or anything of the sort right but i was like you know what would the correlation be with these special suits yeah, that you got to put on a mile out and for
0: aliens yeah, and, yeah. for yeah. stealth
3: right yeah so i i see what you're saying as far as yeah yeah
0: yeah he, just, he throws a load well, of it, random it ideas th- together
4: <laughs> it is and it's that randomness that is is what we call you know that superfluous information and mm-hmm. people who are stressed and or lying, and I'm not saying he's lying here, but Mm -hmm. um, they tend to offer information just to fill the void
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: because they don't want to appear like a deer deer in the headlights. And so they'll start offering things that um, is not pertinent to the conversation Mm -hmm. or he mixes things up. I get the feeling that maybe somebody has told him something about Area 51 that was was not public information. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of drawing from a bunch of different sources of conversations he's had mm-hmm. and then realizes, oh, I don't think I can talk about this, or he gets some things confused. And so the bottom line is, I believe not necessarily that Clinton knows about, uh, you know, whether uh, we have been contacted uh, extraterrestrial life or not. In fact, I think he might be actually frustrated that he, he was not allowed Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't yeah. privy to that info. That's very possible. But I get the feeling that he's had other conversations. He's made other inquiries. And perhaps somebody has said to him, you you don't want to go there or you don't need to go there, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. And and so that is a part that I don't think he's being completely honest about. Now, pure speculation. I'm just trying to make sense of I see some obvious signs of stress here, which somebody with a lighthearted subject about aliens, shouldn't really be exhibiting. Right. Um, so I think there's more to the story than, than he's allowed.
3: You know, I, I remember growing up and Clinton being the president, and obviously you could tell he liked being in front of the camera. And and it's funny because that's the mental image I have of him, you know, it's from watching him on TV. And then when you just watch this portion of the video and how he. Reacts to things. I mean, it does look like a completely different person, or at least somebody that's very uncomfortable. I'll say that. Now, my question is: uh, the president of the U.S. gets questions in advance for any kind of interview, especially anything on TV and or things of that nature. As you mentioned, Jimmy Kimmel announced that he would ask these questions, so there was time to prepare. However, it doesn't look like he was very prepared. Or do you think that those reactions? even being prepared, he wouldn't be able to hide?
4: Uh, that's a very good question, because um, first of all, many many people who have commented on it, say you know, there's no way that you'd allow a U.S. president, mm-hmm. former president mm-hmm. to go on TV without it being scripted, more or less.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, we do know one thing, like you said, whether it was scripted or not, he was aware that the topic would be brought up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you've also got to remember this is last year, but uh, very well, I, I, I think um, not too far ahead, you know, just a year down the line, we have his wife, Hillary Clinton, who's uh, running for president. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot at stake here. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: it's not like you can just turn Bill loose and, you know, you can say whatever. I <laughs> right. mean, he's, his uh, his wife's still in political. Well, I think she was out of office by then, but um, she's going to be running again. So mm-hmm. there's a lot at stake. Um, so having said that, this kind of makes the point even more poignant because if you have warned somebody and you're still getting high levels of stress like this when they've had several days to rehearse, mm-hmm. and even if they had the questions, what you're seeing, what we call leaking through with these emotions, if it's that strong, imagine how strong it would have been if you caught them completely off guard. Mm-hmm. and the other thing that I think is a misnomer is that people think just because someone's in political office, that they're professional to this. And that is right. absolutely not the case. I will argue anybody who thinks they give a special class to presidents. Mm-hmm. Now they do have top advisors. They have people who coach them on speeches mm-hmm. right, and how to speak. But the more that you try to give somebody, um, you know, information on, on even let's say if you're training some, a spy. Okay. And if you Mm -hmm. get caught, you've got to teach the spy how to lie. Right. Well, (laughs) it's kind of, uh, it it kind of works against you sometimes because you're so concerned about, okay, if I, if I let my eyes wander and I do this, that'll give me away. If I let this and that, and you overload somebody with, um, you know, things to think about Mm -hmm. and then they screw up somewhere else. So what I'm trying to say is that, lying, um, some people are good at it and some people are better, Mm -hmm. but, but for the most part, most people, if you sit down with them for long enough time, you'll start to see things. Most people are not great liars. And I don't care if you've been lying your whole life, you know, uh, it, it starts to show through. And so when we're seeing this happen with Clinton, no, and 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 soon when we talk about Obama, I don't think these these people have everything under control, and they're only right. letting out you know what you want them to see
3: mm-hmm. one of the things of this interview that I found interesting relates to another president that's when Clinton out of the blue starts talking about you know what if aliens exist maybe that's what we need to bring us together echoing what Reagan uh, said in that speech I think it was in front of the the, the United Nations or um, talk about if an outside alien threat came you know and that would you know make United us, us yeah. yeah can you tell us what you made of that because that was really interesting that he was would choose those words <laughs> in discussing this topic?
4: Sure. Um, I think when it when it comes to the UFO topic, uh, it really is a uniting kind of universal force because it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. It's been speculated that whatever presidents may or may not have had uh, information privy to this, that uh, if, if they were given something, they're all kind of falling in line. They're all kind of going along mm-hmm. with with what they've been told or asked to do and they're all kind of seeing it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so when, when uh, president Reagan had had given a speech to the UN, this was during the star Wars initiative. I remember we were talking about satellites with lasers to shoot down other satellites. Correct. And um, so it was all kind of odd. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. a time of kind of, I think, you know, return of the Jedi and all that. We're (laughs) thinking, yeah, cool. Star Wars. Right. Right. But, He made a few very kind of uh, interesting remarks about threats that come from out there, you know, and he'll pause and kind of say, you know, uh, of threats that are beyond out there. And you're like, what are you talking about,
2: Mr. President? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You know, and
4: uh, we're in the middle of Cold War and Russia's our enemy. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Threats that are from beyond there. And, okay, so let's just assume he was using it as a metaphor. Well, when uh, President Clinton echoes this, this was during a part of what we we call demeanor shift. So mm-hmm. all throughout the interview, he, well, through this segment, he, he kind of gets really stressed. You see the jaw clenching, the yeah. eyes, and all this stuff going on. Well, when he comes out of that, um, he starts gesturing with both hands again. So we start to see he's really getting relaxed. hmm this now becomes a light topic, and he's fluid and articulate, and he tells Kimmel, he says, yeah, well, what I'm trying to say is I think that there's a lot of worlds, you know, and and, and there's a, a great possibility there is, you know, life on other planets. And what he didn't expect was that Kimmel was going to throw him a curveball. Mm-hmm. And so you watch him, and he goes, oh, so what you're trying to tell us is <laughs> – Mm-hmm. It was like the, you really do think there there is something
1: right right
4: um, or you're trying to tell us and he says no, but the 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 part now that this especially with this interview, people think I'm being hypercritical mm-hmm. if you think I'm being hypercritical, look at um the work done by Paul Eckhart, okay. who was the the advisor uh, technical advisor and who the the TV show lie to me was
2: based. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Okay, Okay, so they're looking at what we call micro-expressions that are so minute, they flash across your face in a couple milliseconds, and they're able to, according to them, predict or draw from that what this person may have been feeling right before the statement. Mm -hmm. And what Clinton does is something much more um, obvious. He looks down and as he says no, he sh- he shakes his head yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that I thought was interesting. It was yeah. very interesting. He shakes his head yes, and just before that happens, he had this weird nerve twitch of his hand that went off as as uh, Kimmel was asking the question.
3: Yeah, that was that you was know, quite so- strange. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know it is. I mean, I am. I, I may be sounding hypercritical as well, but no, it's it's funny because when you see it, it I guess it, it's too much of a coincidence for me. I suppose you know that he would just twitch at that
4: moment. Yeah, and that's just what I'm trying to put together. Look, this is fun, um, and and you think you know I'm I'm just breaking apart. I have too much time on my hands, but no, I just encourage people. Look, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just saying it's something to think about if you look at it all in the totality. Mm-hmm. Okay, one little twitch, one little this or that is nothing. Right. But if you look at it in the totality, you might be able to at least say, hey, this is a higher indicator. There's a greater probability
2: mm-hmm.
4: that maybe something else is going on here and that at least he's not comfortable with these questions for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that that's, that's the point I was trying to make with it.
3: Now, you did the same thing with uh, the interview between President Barack Obama and Jimmy Kimmel on his show. Were you asked to do it? Uh, you know, because yeah, obviously it was it roughly was a about a bomb. year later. <laughs> <laughs> was there people, you know, asking you, you know, hey, can you uh, break this one down for us?
4: Well, in a way, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was kind of, kind of interesting because... Uh, you know, living here in California, mm-hmm. I was listening to the news, and they were saying President Obama's coming into town. Mm-hmm. So all these freeways are closed. He's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. I didn't make the connection. I was like, okay, great. Well, president's coming on TV. Doesn't <laughs> have anything to do with me, mm-hmm. except the traffic is worse. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but what what I didn't think about was that he would even try and do the same thing he did with Clinton, and we'd ask him about the UFO subject. And right. So. I don't even watch much TV, but it happened the next day Mm -hmm. that I started getting emails. And people said, oh, wow, when's your analysis coming out? And what do you think about what he said? I'm like, what are you talking about? And um, so I went online and I found the first thing I found was that the L.A. Times had done a story the day before. Mm -hmm. And in that story, they had mentioned my video. And said, you know, like, Ben Hansen did analysis on Clinton about UFOs. We wonder if Jimmy Kimmel will ask the president the same thing, uh, President Obama. And so this is in the L.A. Times the day before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, that's cool. L.A. Times linked to my story and everything. Nice. Well, the next day, he comes on the show. And so I watched this on, um, after it been posted online. Uh-huh. And uh, my jaw almost dropped because he he sets up just you know this 50 seconds, so we have a lot less to deal with here. Uh Okay, in Obama's interview about UFOs, but within this interview, he sets the president up, and Jimmy Kimmel refers to my video to the president. Right. So I my job was just like
1: <laughs> No, that was pretty wow. he said something pretty major. <laughs>
4: major. <laughs> it was. And the and the President laughed and you know, he said, Now Mr President, before you answer this, you should know that this is gonna be all over, you know, the internet. There are gonna be people <laughs> are gonna analyzing every little move, every little gesture. <laughs> and uh the President says, I know, I know and he laughs and then he asks him this question. Well, I mean I, I don't <laughs> mean to be too uh you know uh building myself up here but it it was kind of cool to think that i mean if you google and you go in their youtube and you look for obama i'm sorry kimmel clinton interview my video comes up right after their video nice and then you know it has over a hundred thousand hits or something now but the fact that the la times did this story before probably what happened is the producers um Kimmel's producers probably saw that mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. told uh, Kimmel about it, either that or he'd already seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how that came about. So anyways, for whatever reason, I sort of felt now compelled. And mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, Kimmel was saying someone's going to analyze it, and I was the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if somebody doesn't do it, uh, no one will.
1: Right, And right. I
4: was so busy. I was so busy. I was getting ready for, um, you know, PrepperCon and a wedding, you know, in less yeah. than a month and everything. And so I uh, I took two weeks, and I told people, this is going to take me a while. Wow. I know it's only 50 seconds long, but that 50 seconds now turned into an even longer video right. of over 40 minutes. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. That's how long it took you to analyze those 50 seconds, two, two weeks.
4: Well, the analysis I probably... You know, broke it down probably in about three days or so. Okay. Three or four days. But the editing, you know, process, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not the world's fastest editor. And so what I did was I interviewed three other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it just to be my, my word and my voice, my opinion. So mm-hmm. I interviewed people whose opinions I respect, who I knew would tell me straight up what they believed. And so getting those interviews and then I'm um, pulling a different video clips. Because, like I said, if all you've got is that 50 seconds, right? Well, you can't can't look at this whole thing in, in uh, isolated from from everything else that Obama, uh, you know, his speeches <laughs> and what yeah. his his patterns are. And so I had to draw from other interviews. So all of that, yeah, it can take quite a long time wow. to pull it all together in
3: the 40 minutes. One of the things that I wanted to point out that I thought was was really good how you analyzed this interview was with Clinton, as you said, we had archive footage to draw from the Monica Lewinsky trial and all that where you can see Clinton actually stressed and and with President Obama, you know, he hasn't been caught in anything like that because this, unlike Clinton's interview, and I don't remember how long the Clinton interview was in its entirety, but it looks like uh, with Obama, it was a 30-minute interview and uh, just those 50 seconds of the UFO question. uh, So, you took the other 29 minutes and uh, 10 seconds as your base uh, reading, correct?
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, We not only drew just from the interview um, with Kimmel, but also from other talk shows Mm -hmm. and uh, speeches and things like that. So they can compare to people. Because like you said, he doesn't have the same uh, way of dealing with stress, Mm -hmm. but um, we have seen Obama in many stressful situations. And, and so we'll just see different things happen. For example, one of the things that Clinton does is he'll ramble right? and just kind of tread water and be like, Oh crud, how do I get out of this?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Obama seems to be very much more controlled, right. um, in his speech in that he thinks about kind of every word that comes out except when he's trying to be funny,
1: <laughs> right, right. um,
4: he's, he's a jokester. And when he becomes funny uh, you know, that's one of the things, whether you like him or not, you know, most people think he'd be a fun guy to hang around with because he's personable. Mm -hmm. And, um, when, when he, he starts giving his jokes, he's been in trouble before, (laughs) you know, you guys remember when, uh, he was on, I think Jay Leno and he made a comment about the way he plays sports or something. He says, no, I look like you know, one of those special Olympic kids. I don't remember exactly how it was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that, uh, but that makes me cringe (laughs) even now.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Jay Leno's jaw, he goes, uh.
3: Yeah. You know,
4: did you just say that? And the next day, of course, he had to apologize to the special Olympics. Right. And everything else. And that's one of his faults is that he becomes too Mm buddy-buddy,
1: too Mm -hmm.
4: familiar. And he forgets that he's the president. And uh, so things will slip from his mouth. So anyways, that that's one of the things that we look at.
3: Cool. I'm going to take our break a little a little early. I'm going to play just one song and then we're going to come back. We have two selections picked out from the Obama interview that uh, we want to play for people and, and discuss. I'm quite uh, uh, into this. I believe that they know and they just can't say it. That's just the impression that I've always had. in watching these things, I feel like maybe, you know, they do have some knowledge, not all of it. I don't think they know everything, but mm-hmm. I think they know enough to where, like you said, Ben, it makes them uncomfortable <laughs> when they're asked. We'll explore all that craziness coming up after the break. Ben, if you'd be so kind, can you just hang on the line for a few minutes? We're just going to uh, play a quick song and we're going to come back. Sound good. All righty. So don't go away, guys. Uh, this is West of the Rockies. Our guest tonight is Ben Hansen. This is some interesting stuff. I mean, believe me, all this government, UFO, alien, I'm all about that. So uh, don't go away. We're going to be right back. We're going to keep talking about uh, all this. Uh, In the meantime, do enjoy David Bowie, Modern Love. We're going to be right back in just a few. What's up, guys? This is Jorge Diaz of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And you're listening to West of the Rockies with Frank. This portion of the show is sponsored by Haunted Orange County, your premier source for all things haunted in and around OC. From haunted history ghost walks to ghost group hunting expeditions at some of SoCal's most haunted destinations. Make your fall plans early and book an upcoming tour or investigation today. Visit hauntedoc.com. Of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. Boy, this is an interesting, interesting conversation. First, let me remind people that, uh, as always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Check out the website, WOTRradio.com, and you can follow the show at WOTR Radio on Twitter. As always, I'm joined by Genevieve, who is uh,
0: Genevieve Uwe on,
3: on Twitter. On Twitter, there. <laughs> yeah. And you can catch her here Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Doing mm-hmm. her show, no added flavors. Yep. Which is at, at No, no Added Flavors. flavors. <laughs> and our guest tonight, of course, is Ben Hansen. Um check out his website, benhansen.com, and follow him on Twitter at Ben, ben Hansen. Hansen zero, zero. zero Zero. Um Ben, what is the deal with the zero zero, if you don't mind me asking?
4: Well, I think Ben Hansen was taken.
3: Darn. Don't <laughs> so, you hate
0: that? But you know, it's original because it's not like one or two yeah. or ninety four. At least it's, he didn't go oh, to like oh
3: the real Ben Hansen or like
0: (laughs) this is or I am Ben Ben Hansen
3: Hansen official yeah exactly you know but there's uh,
4: there's some guy out there you know who who rightly felt like you know I think I may have emailed him oh really when Twitter first started (laughs) it's like hey are you using this do you mind
3: and it's always somebody that never uses it right yeah
0: like that's one tweet exactly
3: yeah from like three years ago (laughs) yeah it's like, just join Twitter, LOL. Um, then yeah, get- then
0: you
4: got some of them like, sure, how much are you going to pay me for it?
3: Oh, that's that's the worst. Boy. No, let's not even get started on that. <laughs> ben, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about this, the uh, interviews that uh, were on the Jimmy Kimmel live show, and, and we were talking about President Barack Obama. So, we're going to play a quick snippet of uh, the analysis of the uh, Obama interview on uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. So, let's give it a go. The
5: president has snoring issues. Taking this into consideration, I was about to dismiss the open mouth as immaterial to our focus. That was until I discovered something very interesting. Thanks to the wonders of high-definition television, my attention was drawn to something you can't normally measure from a TV interview. A person's rate of breathing. Normal breathing rates for an adult average between 12 to 16 breaths per minute. Anything above 20 breaths per minute is considered elevated and labeled with a medical term tachypnea. More than 24 breaths per minute is considered a very serious condition. Basically, if our oxygen level is low or carbon dioxide level is high, our body is instructed to breathe more often. People experience an increased breathing rate for a few different reasons. Besides attributing it to exercise, since we can see the president didn't just go for a jog, their body could be responding to stress, pain, anger, or experiencing a panic attack. Let's have a look at Kimmel sets up the UFO question and let's see if we can take a breathing rate measurement. We lose some resolution as we zoom in, but if you can look somewhere near the lapel and tie, mic, you can quite easily see the chest rising and falling. Pay attention to the shallowness of the breathing as well. My hand would, would just, it'd still be hot from touching the Bible, and I would immediately race to uh, wherever they hold, have the files about Area 51 and the UFOs, and, and i go through everything to find out what happened. Right? Did you do that? If you do the math at 10 breaths in 14 seconds, that works out to be an average of 42 breaths per minute. 42 breaths per minute. Certainly this can't be the case. People would end up hyperventilating if they stayed at that rate for more than a few minutes. Wouldn't we have noticed his voice giving out as if he was running out of air? And
3: that was another really interesting thing to notice because it's, you know, as, as I was watching it, you know, because you hear a lot about, you know, when people... Are lying, their breathing changes. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the president's lying. Yeah,
0: and no, I remember you <laughs> but, saying that, you know, there's something <laughs> weird about it. And I'm like, it's not just weird. Look at the number of times he's inhaling.
3: Is this something that you learn in, in your training, or did you have to go and look? into this, uh, because when people watch the videos, you also include, you know, little graphs and things that help people understand where, uh, oh, you know. the
0: sources are at the end
3: of the interview. yeah, yeah and <laughs> you even put sources on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you, you know, again, was this just stuff that you, you already knew, or did you have to, like, go back and do some research uh, in the time that you had to no, uh, put I, this video together?
4: I did have to research this a bit, uh, the medical part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, like you said, yeah, I do put my sources um, I try to approach this the same as if I was making a, an argument in a, you know, a journal research paper mm-hmm. that I can. So you can go look this up. And one, um, the what we call stress breathing, is different than than just someone's normal rate of breathing. Now, if, if someone breathed like this all the time and they're breathing mm-hmm. forty two times per minute, they would um, quickly be in the hospital. Right, uh, right. That, that's really really high. But what I also point out is that you don't notice that he's out of breath. So what that tells me is that this is a a form of breathing that's um, related to uh, a physiological response. In this case, it could be stress, um, meaning that the body doesn't really need the air. Mm
2: -hmm. So
4: I do know from having done polygraphs, I'm not a polygrapher, um, I don't like polygraphs, but I've I've done them, Mm -hmm. had to take them for work, um, one of the things they do is they hook up these tubes around your, your chest and your stomach mm-hmm. that uh, it's called a pneumograph and it will measure the rate of your breathing. And they'll give you several seconds between each question. Those several seconds are enough for them to detect a change in the breathing rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It can change instantaneously and then slow back down. So they're not looking for someone to hyperventilate, What they're looking for, is a physiological response when you're anticipating the stress, all of a sudden you'll start to breathe quicker. Hmm. And um, so people who have argued, well, you know, he was a prolific smoker and we all know he had problems with that. So this is probably related to smoking. Right. Um, I'll admit at first I didn't take that into consideration and that's a great point. Um, hmm. But as I looked into it further, this is not his normal rate of breathing. Yeah. And someone made the point of, well, if you look at other parts in the video, you'll see that um, he doesn't breathe like this. And and this, and I said exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make.
1: Right. Right. You know,
4: it yeah. it, it only it elevates during parts where, very interestingly. You know, I would think the other indicators are now pointing to stress.
3: It was definitely something that that stood out to me. And again, if it's a coincidence, right, it's like it's one heck of a coincidence. In the spirit of fairness, it can happen. But I I guess it's just, you know, you can't help but think that there's there's a lot more going on uh, under the surface. Now, we're going to cut to uh, another little snippet. This one's the one that really... I found a bit, God, I don't even, I don't know if shocking is the word, but there was something about just the way he said it, right? And that's when Obama says that he can't reveal anything. So I we're going
0: to... Well, that's specifically in response to, the. you know, that was directly when Kimmel asked about aliens and UFOs.
3: Yeah. And his, his answer was that he couldn't reveal anything. So we're going to mm-hmm. play a bit of that for, for the folks at home.
5: Do you remember that Bill Clinton did nearly exactly the same thing when he was asked similar questions by Kimmel? But what's most interesting isn't just the closing of the eyes. All this is accompanied by a hard swallow, a flexing of the jaw, a head turn away from Jimmy, and shaking the head no as he stutters and says, I, I, I can't reveal anything. And of course, so did you look? Did you see? Did you <laughs> explore? I, I, I can't reveal anything. Oh, really? Obama makes the no head shake with a stutter Similar to a guy who just told his buddies he can't join them on a fishing trip because his wife told him he needs to clean the garage, I sense some frustration that it's out of his control, and it's clear he's not open to offering any details as to why. Just like the husband who would be.
3: In- that was pretty interesting, I must say. Uh, just the way he said it, you point out that President Obama seems to like to uh, joke about the subject of aliens and ufos and he's almost like dismissive of it can you tell us a little bit about this and and just what you got from that just the way he says that i can't reveal anything
4: sure when when we did do go back in the video we uh we pull out some times where he's he's mocked ufo subject one Mm -hmm. of them was um he visited roswell and he came off the plane and gave a little speech and said that uh he told the people when he first got there that he came, <clears throat> that he came in peace,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and the people kind of chuckled. And then he said, "You know, I get asked all the time by, I think you said, ten and eleven year old boys who mm-hmm. ask me, yeah,
0: was bizarre. you
4: know, uh, about Roswell and if they're aliens, and and I tell them, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Yeah, and the crowd scream. just kind of like." Oh, uh that's <laughs> kind of funny, but that's kind of yeah. kind of creepy, Mr. President. You're, yeah. you're talking about killing a ten-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, all right, just a joke. Well, before he was president, he made a joke sort of about aliens. All that's understandable,
1: mm-hmm.
4: except that every time, including three times, he interrupts Kimmel leading up to the question. Yeah. Every time, it's mm-hmm. a joke. And he's just pushing it away until now. Hmm. So we have two firsts. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that he's ever addressed the subject without laughing. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time any U.S. president, to my knowledge, has said about the UFO topic, I can't reveal anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. It's always been we're looking into it or there's there's nothing to reveal or right. "No, I don't have that information.
0: Uh, it, right? it seems to yeah. be so, implying that there might be something to reveal.
4: Exactly. Which I is, mean, any, any yeah. 10-year-old can understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't reveal it. Would, it kind of implies that, that there... Why would I say that if there was nothing to reveal? And that's the point I make. Mm-hmm. Back in, I believe it was 2012, I want to say, could be 2011, the uh, Obama administration responded to a, an online petition and if you go to WhiteHouse.gov, it's still up on the website. You can see on the, uh, the video that if you collect enough petition signatures for anything, basically, you can mm-hmm. ask the uh, White House to give an official response.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: And the Disclosure Project, led by Stephen Bassett, did this, and they asked the White House basically two questions. Um, if, the, if the U.S. government had knowledge of an extraterrestrial life form. And if the government was covering this knowledge up Mm -hmm. and they responded in a negative, said, no, we, we have no evidence that we have already made contact. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have no evidence that the U S government has covered it up. Mm -hmm. So coming from his administration, and now you're on the, the Kimmel show, if that had not changed between that official declaration and Kim will show, if there was no change mm-hmm. in the status of that, why would you say, I can't reveal anything?
1: Yeah. Right. Why
4: uh-huh. wouldn't you just say, hey, looked into it, go to the website, it's on there right now, you'll see that my top advisors looked into it, nothing's changed.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So people trying to make the... the uh, <laughs> the argument that he's still laughing, or he's still joking here, uh-huh. that I have a really hard time with because
1: yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
4: everything in this demeanor shift indicates that he has switched. Yeah, He's now serious. Yeah. He's not joking. There's no smiling. There's no laughing. There is a very serious look, and uh, I still maintain that unless he's trying to be the cool kid, and trying to make you think he knows something, but he doesn't, mm-hmm. that is still a very hard sell. I think he knows something else.
3: For the sake of playing uh, devil's advocate a bit, I decided to just kind of look into what is President Obama's faith, if he practices mm-hmm. any any particular faith. Because as we know, certain, you know, religions and, and systems of belief, you know, may not have room for the belief that there is life in other planets Mm -hmm. and uh just you know and this is just stuff from wikipedia right has the answers to everything um it says uh (laughs) though obama and i'm quoting though obama is a practicing christian he was chiefly raised by his mother and her christian parents his father barack obama senior with whom he lived only as a baby, was a Muslim turned atheist, and his stepfather, Lolo Suetoro, with whom he lived during his early childhood, was a nominal Muslim. Do you suppose, as I said, just playing devil's advocate, that maybe his religious upbringing maybe has made him a bit cynical to the idea of extraterrestrials?
4: That's that's interesting. That's possible if... um if he had absolutely no information about it and mm-hmm. just kind of laughs about it. Um, it's, you know, people debate all day what, what religion he is, but if you took those two religions, actually, there's a great article done um, in Open Minds magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember how many years ago, but if uh, if you Google Alejandro Rojas yeah. and uh, uh, UFOs and religion, mm-hmm. it probably should come up because he I, I watched one of his lectures where was based on his article where they they have studies of different religions and and you know like if mm-hmm. we do achieve disclosure you know which which of the world religions if any will have a problem with us mm, and right. when you really get into it most of them do allow for and have within their doctrine the ability to accept life on other worlds right most definitely
2: mm-hmm.
4: i mean you look even look at the vatican now yeah true you know and and they've got their observatories and the, and the Pope is you know making statements that if they do have them they'd be happy to baptize the,
3: right, <laughs> the right aliens
4: right. and so the the
3: uh, I think Scientology is pretty open to aliens and no 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 I <laughs> okay, <You> think no
4: <laughs> yeah they, they do they, they've got some they, some form of a giant Spaceship or something? Yeah, there's some
3: weird. Anyways, no, but yeah, like I said, I was, I was, you know, just thinking out loud a bit. That, you know, if you wanna not go off the uh, the conspiracy deep end, I guess you know, I wanted to ask you if that would be a feasible argument, I guess, to explain his demeanor when it comes to to the alien UFO thing. But
4: it, it could, if he were joking. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when he makes that demeanor shift, let's say mm-hmm. somebody, some advisor had told him. Mr. President, there's more to this.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, don't ask about it, please, or hold on. We'll mm-hmm. give you more information later.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I think anyone's going to be curious, no matter what your religion is, you're going to be like, wait a second, yeah. you mean there there is something to this? Yeah. And I can't talk about it. I think you're going to get the same response mm-hmm. of, you know, I can't reveal anything.
2: Right,
1: right.
4: You know, so who knows? It, it's mm-hmm. the grand question that... Um, I guess what it boils down to is, do you believe he's joking or don't you? Right. If he's not joking, um, you have to look at the the context, and, and maybe this is where where we're going now. But mm-hmm. um, John Podesta, who was his uh, his advisor, special right. advisor for a whole year, right? Okay, he also people say, well, he was just joking. Well, when he left, just uh, less than I think three weeks or a month before Obama appeared on Kimmel. Um, his outgoing tweet, okay, from the beginning of the, well, I guess it would have been the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He, he makes a tweet and he says, my biggest regret, you know, of, uh, of while well, was my time in the White House was not achieving UFO disclosure. Mm-hmm. Now, Podesta is, is a well-known uh, disclosure advocate. That's not a secret at all. And he is serious. Right. Um, you know, he's spoken several times about how he believes the government should release all the files and come clean.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: that whole year that he's with Obama, you got to think that mm-hmm. he's kind of put the bug in his ear.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. And said, hey, we should look into this. And maybe that frustration comes out when he's leaving office. Now, yeah. this is the right. same guy who is now going to lead up Hillary Clinton's um, presidential campaign. Wow. So he's not a loose cannon. Yeah. Why would Why would you have this guy mm-hmm. um, if he's going to embarrass you if you didn't believe or go along along with him and think that you um, you know he's going to be the laughing stock?
1: Right. Yeah.
4: You know, and so uh, very true. It's just very interesting. Another so-called coincidence. You know that this happens. He leaves, and then Obama, all of a sudden, can't talk about things.
3: Right. Let me ask you something. Doing a a bit of compare and contrast between the Clinton interview and the Obama interview. Did you notice anything that would tell you that President Obama and his advisors maybe sat down and and watched the video and they told him, "Okay, look, when the topic comes up, just do this, say that or do the other. Did you see any evidence that would tell you that he was a little bit more prepared than Clinton, maybe?
4: Um, I would say he has better control over his speech.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I made the point of him using humor to buy time. I think he does mm-hmm. that well. Right. I think whenever he's uncomfortable, he just to kind of break the ice, he'll crack a couple jokes, and that always has the, uh, the appearance of of looking more relaxed. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: so I think he does that pretty well. But um, I don't know that he was any more prepared. I guess I guess if the L.A. Times does a story on it. You know, Kim will already ask Clinton about it. Mm-hmm. I would say, again, he very well could have anticipated
2: mm-hmm. the
1: question
4: was right. coming, if not already had the question, which which builds the case even stronger. Yeah. If that yeah. is going to be your response mm-hmm. and you get one sentence to sum it all up yeah. within that 50 seconds, once you finally get rid of the joking, you get one sentence to say and you choose, I can't reveal anything. Mm hmm. Is that is that what you want the headlines to say the next day? Because the headlines got it wrong. They yeah. said uh, the president denied knowledge of aliens. He didn't deny anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, so that was the very interesting. That's not a denial. Right. That says I can't reveal it. So you got to think if he's trying to send a message, that's a very clear message um, in, done in a serious tone that you know makes me believe there's something forthcoming or he again like Clinton could be very frustrated that Mm. not even he is allowed to talk about stuff in the conversations that have gone on and maybe he knows nothing maybe he knows nothing but he's been told uh, it's not your place it's not the time
3: right right
4: so I, I do think it's very significant
3: what can we gather from President Clinton's response to the question if there were aliens, would you tell us? And he says, you know, yes, or like absolutely. The crowd just erupts in, you know, an applause. And when Obama is asked this question about aliens and UFOs, he says, I can't reveal anything. What can we read between the lines when you compare these two answers to this? I think it's a very serious question.
4: Well, that's, that's a good point. It's a really great point because... Um the, the way that that he says, I, I can't reveal anything, and Clinton says, yeah, I'd tell you. So in in essence, we're, when we talk about lying, it could be that Obama's not lying at all about this, and he's being, being very truthful,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, um, because he is choosing his words carefully. If he did have knowledge, or maybe not firsthand knowledge, but knew there was something there, and he mm-hmm. just says, I can't talk about it,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know, yeah. like— it seems to me that that Obama really only chooses that route when he feels he's gonna get caught with something
2: yeah.
4: and, and i'm not I'm not trying to be uh, controversial here, but but you look at the controversies that that have happened um, during his campaign, you know when when uh, if you talk about Obamacare or other things where he'd made promises that mm-hmm. weren't quite so
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. um, he He was very careful with the wording. Of things, and so um, I think he's become more careful later in his presidency. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't have control over something, it's it's my opinion that um, when he says I can't reveal anything, he'd much rather play on the safer side and say, "Look, you know, something might come leaked out later, or whatever. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you and say there's nothing there."
1: Right, yeah. right,
4: right. That's kind of you know maybe it's wishful thinking, but that's kind of how I'm seeing this.
0: No, I think that's the he'd the rather play it got, safe yeah. and just yeah, can't. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. It, Does that make Well, no, definitely. Like the vibe I got was that he was telling a truth. Again, this is just going by, you know, intuition and just watching it. But it did sound like he was telling a truth and he figured out that that was, yeah, the, you know, the optimum route for him to take rather yeah. than lying and yeah. then getting caught. Yeah, no, I agree.
4: Hypothetically, let's let's say that um, there will be disclosure, okay? Okay. If there is disclosure, every president wants to be that president. Every every party, the Democratic Party wants to be that party. The Republican Party wants to be that party mm-hmm. because it, it pretty much ensures that they'll be in control for who knows how long. Wow. Well, we also don't want to give that opportunity to another country. We don't want to let China or Russia give disclosure before we do. Mm. So... There is some consensus somewhere. If if there is a disclosure to be had, and there are secret keepers, there would be some type of consensus somewhere, and hesitancy for one to come forward before anyone else. And it's it's almost kind of like, well, uh, it's it's a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. we would have to maintain some type of trust. <laughs> Or whatever's left with our government, right. you know, because we, we basically have to come out and say, look, we've lied to you for, you know, at least 60 plus years, but we want you to trust us now. Hmm. And we want you to trust that we've got things under control, you know, and right. so it's a double edged sword. And so if, if something were to be in the mix happening right now, you know, some a president could say, okay, well, it's time to start at least being truthful with the people, letting them know there's things that we can't talk about right now. And maybe that will help people at least know that it was for national security and their legitimate reasons why we had to protect the information.
3: Like you said at the at the beginning of the uh, of the show, it's a it's a well, it's like a crazy world that we're living in. It's definitely crazy times, that's for sure. And a sign of it is just that that you mentioned the Vatican, and and you know these questions are being asked to precedence, and it's obviously an issue that with the passage of time it has become uh, less of a laughing matter. Uh, it seems. Per your personal opinion. Uh, what do you think, Ben? I mean, do you believe that there are extraterrestrials, have they visited us and, you know, the U.S. hide this evidence from us? Um,
4: it, it's a good question. and Again, I, um, I, I think it's a matter of probabilities and, mm-hmm. and based on everything that I've, I've seen and kind of my, my personal experiences with, um, you know, I had a grandfather who worked uh, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base mm-hmm. and I've interviewed, you know, witnesses of uh, the Roswell event Um, held the material, you know, I've, I've kind of in the totality of everything, I'd say there's a very good chance we've been visited now, whether that means they come from another planet or this is interdimensional or or whatever, I have no idea,
2: Mm -hmm.
4: but it's some, something other than earth-based, you know, human, I I would say there's a good 95% chance that Mm -hmm. somebody is visiting us, um, as to whether the government knows about it. Yeah. Again, I would say there's a very good chance because uh, we we know, for example, the Roswell crash and the debris and where it was, it was sent. Mm-hmm. Um, we know of, of many other crashes and, and people that were involved in the back engineering. We know people who worked on the project specifically, um, you know, who are honorable, very honorable, um, you know, war veterans and would have no reason to lie to their children before they died,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you know. and. Yeah. and and, and things like this that kind of, if you put the whole picture together, yeah, but who are these secret keepers? Well, I think it's a very, very select few people. I don't think the secret is probably as broad as it was in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be, you know, it would be taken by a Snowden, mm-hmm. you know, and spread across the world or, or something right. nowadays. People just don't have that same sense of honor of, um, you know, of holding their oath. So as the question of do I think that there's going to be disclosure, that's a tough one. That's yeah. really tough because I don't think that we have the leverage. Mm-hmm. I think that the status quo right now, there's no reason for the government to come out. Um, mm-hmm. Until we have events that they can't control to where we're having mass sightings of thousands and thousands, um, like we did in the Phoenix Lights case, or... Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the Bulgaria or Illinois and the triangles and, and all these things until that happens so much more frequently that people demand it. Mm -hmm. You see what happens in today's political sphere. There's got to be lobbyists. Mm -hmm. There's got to be people upset. There's got to be people afraid. There's got to be people demanding rights. Yeah. And, and if we don't have enough force behind it and people demanding the right to know, then it's just not going to happen. Right. You know, so I, I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon, unfortunately.
3: Talking about just difficult political climates and, and how some of these issues are, are handled by uh, governments around the world. Um, there was a story that came out a, a few months back. And I don't know how many of the people that tune into the show may be uh, sports fans or soccer fans specifically. But there was that huge scandal involving FIFA, which is a... Governing body of um, soccer all around the world, and um, apparently the U.S. kind of got into this whole thing. Uh, um, Obama was in Germany saying that you know he wants this thing cleared up because the U.S. the national team it's a worthy adversary. I'm paraphrasing. And, uh, uh-huh. and Russia got a bit upset. And, well,
0: the idea was that they were investigating corruption. Yeah. So, they, specifically. So
3: they got upset that U.S. authorities, they felt, had crossed the line in launching, you know, this kind of large scale, yeah, corruption probe targeting, you know, FIFA officials. And obviously this was uh, having an effect on Russia being the host of the 2018 World Cup. So mm-hmm. Vladimir Markin, he's the spokesman for the uh, Russia's investigative committee. He said to the press that the U.S. prosecutors uh, I'm quoting U.S. prosecutors having declared themselves the supreme arbiters of international football affairs he goes on to say that an international investigation could help solve the mystery of the disappearance of film footage from the original moon landing in 1969 or explain where the nearly 400 kilograms of lunar rock reportedly obtained during several such missions between 1969 and 1972 had been spirited away too and then I'm going to quote him. We're not contending that they did not fly to the moon and simply made a film about it. But all of this scientific or perhaps cultural artifacts are part of the legacy of humanity. And their disappearance without a trace is our common loss. An investigation will reveal what happened. This kind of escalated quickly. You know, it went from uh, FIFA and football to... To uh, this gentleman from the investigative committee in Russia, saying Very that
0: extreme counter yeah,
3: it's and to me again, I'm no Ben Hansen, right? Like I, I don't have all the training and experience that you do. But is this Russia's way of saying, hey, we know something, and unless you back off, like things can get messy, or is, are they just calling <laughs> a bluff? What do we make of a government official saying something like this to the press? Is he just trying to sensationalize what transpired? The what, what do you make of it?
4: Well, that's, that's cool. And maybe I'm convi- um, confusing a couple of stories, but I do remember something coming out from Russia. They were threatening to, to come clean, um, and tell the world about the UFO subject or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was on one of those off, off news, you know, websites that you can't tell if it's real legit news or not. But right. I remember something about that and, uh, um, it is kind of funny. I mean, because I think that more um, other countries are more willing mm-hmm. for their leaders to kind of uh, foster conspiracy theories and then just kind of spit them out at will. And it's kind mm-hmm. of, I think, gosh, I can't remember who it was. Was it Fidel Castro or somebody? Some other foreign leader had some funny conspiracy theories about the U.S.
3: Oh, probably, and, uh, uh, what's his name, from Venezuela. I totally drew a blank. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, God. But, yeah, he was the president from yeah, Venezuela. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, and they just kind of, and you're like, really? Like, that's that's great. I mean, the other countries, some of them are are, are more superstitious, and it's kind of like they it, it's more acceptable for you to espouse yeah. A conspiracy theory, especially that deals with another country, because mm-hmm. where do they get their info from? Well, mostly they get it from our TV programs.
1: Right.
3: Right.
4: Okay. So they yeah. they also don't really understand our TV shows or not. When they claim to be documentaries, they're not.
3: Right. You know, right. A lot
4: of times, actually.
3: Hugo Chavez. That. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt. Hugo Chavez Hugo was Chavez. the the guy we were yeah trying to remember.
4: <laughs> okay, so so let's say a Russian official says that. Well. um what is interesting about that is that uh, it's, I don't know that it's implying they know anything else, mm-hmm. but, but what it is interesting is when we did um on fact or fake, we did an episode on the moon landing. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the guys we talked to did a, a whole documentary on whether it was faked or not. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things she, he uh, postulated was that, look, I'm not necessarily saying that it, it was a Hollywood movie set, but he's like, what happened to the original stock footage? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: The original footage is it comes out of the camera from Apollo 11. Where did it go?
1: Yeah,
4: like, I don't know. And he goes, they don't have it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have it. They misplaced it. Yeah. And the conventional reply is that, well, they they in those days they would just reuse the film. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the actual moon landings and stuff. Somehow they believe what what happened is it, it just got recorded over.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> right? That they just recorded over. I'm like, how? Could like, you? Like, Wait, we ran out of tape. So just historic? grab the first
3: thing you got there. What moon landing? Yeah, just throw it yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just grab the ridiculous. The moon landing
4: one. Let's record an episode of uh, you know the Tonight Show on it or something. It's mm-hmm. like that just is really fishy to me, yeah, yeah,
1: um,
4: but it it's speculation i I don't know what they would have found on there unless you want to carry it further, mm-hmm. and uh with very little evidence, but the rumors that there was that missing transmission, you know right. of, of about two minutes where they were talking about spacecraft on the crater that were already there that were looking mm-hmm. at them, and yeah. um. Take it even further than that. Neil Armstrong never gave a public interview about his landing. Mm-hmm. You know, only, only Buzz has come out. And as he gets older, he keeps making, uh, <laughs> quite eccentric remarks about mm. Mars and structures and changes the subject and, I mean, we we could talk a whole night about that and how no, he's would, recanted.
3: I would love to believe me because I mean, I I wonder what's going on with NASA and the space program and there's a lot of you know questions that have been, you know, that still remain unanswered. And and it seems like NASA is not being very forthcoming with the information. We had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing uh, the astronaut story Musgrave. And I asked Mm -hmm. him, you know, there's a lot. A lot has been said as to why we never went back to the moon. You know, what happened? You know, just want to hear it from somebody that, that went to space. He said, you know, that NASA had just lost the vision. And that the NASA of today is not the NASA that he was a part of, you know, with Bernard von Braun and, and all these, you know, very mm-hmm. daring and, and genius, really, um, scientists. Is that I the vibe you the get?
2: Loop.
4: Yeah, I think they're out of the loop. I mean, personally, let, let's just say this. I don't want people to come away and saying that Ben Hansen believes in the conspiracy that. Uh,
3: that's that's going to be the in, heading uh, for this show. Yeah. Ben Hansen believes in the, cons- <laughs>
4: <laughs> the conspiracy that, that we have another. Um, space program but let's just say I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. I would not yeah. be surprised nothing really surprises me anymore if we found out tomorrow that that we have a, a Navy a naval uh, space program that's been making mm-hmm. trips to the moon mm-hmm. um, bi-weekly and that we've built a, a structure on the back side of it that's mm-hmm. been going on for you know 10 20 30 years mm-hmm. I would not be surprised yeah. because it just it, it makes sense. Uh, as we stopped going to the moon after what was it, Apollo seventeen? Mm-hmm. We stopped going there. and like, eh, not interested anymore. Right, right. Not interested. Right. Just from a strategical, um, you know, military standpoint, mm-hmm. having a posting on the moon to be able to defeat the Russians by by launching our own hardware from the moon, and mm. and to stop you know uh, any other threats from approaching and, and having that, that outpost, mm-hmm. that in itself is invaluable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, and I just find it really hard to believe that we went up there, collected some rocks and like, now I understand that the, the expense was tremendous each, each um, time we went up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we spent four, 400, if I'm not quoting our $400 billion just on Apollo wow. 11, mm-hmm. wow. you know, and at that time was, was much greater than, Mm-hmm. $400 billion today.
1: Right, right.
4: So I, I understand that it became expensive, but, hey, you had decades later mm-hmm. to try and figure something else out. Yeah. And um, I just think that it was taken out of NASA's hands, and I would not be surprised if the military continued um, because we, we kept using the shuttle, which was 30 years outdated. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. You
4: know, such old technology. And what is their plan to go to Mars now? It's to use a Saturn V rocket to go back to yeah. the days of the moon. Let's get in a rocket, kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's
4: go to Mars, you know. So it, it, it is. I can see the frustration that they're not innovative. They're not thinking ahead. And we made such great progress that, to me, I would not be surprised that there is a, at least a second um, program. Right. And that NASA has just kind of become the, the front, the public front mm-hmm. to, yeah. to make it look like, yeah, we're doing some stuff. Right. Right. You know, but we're far beyond that in
2: technology.
3: Um, do you think the uh, the hacker from the from the UK, uh, uh, Gary McKinnon, right, when he came out, you mm-hmm. know, saying all those things that he hacked into the, the U.S. you know these government computers and he found, you know, what he believes was evidence. There apparently is an artificial satellite, you know, orbiting the Earth, and talks about, you know, extraterrestrial like generals or something like that. I don't know if you got the same vibe from uh, from Gary McKinnon as far as uh, him being um, honest or he at least read something. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, that that is the conundrum because mm-hmm. um, in, he's not an honest guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's not a law follower. He's a mm-hmm. law breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a hacker.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah.
4: So, so where do you draw the line, first of all, with his, his credibility? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, Snowden has done the, the same thing. And, and the information he's releasing, though, it seems like the world just eats up because he's the renegade. It's like, well, why would he do this and put his life in danger? Everything that Snowden comes out with has got to be true. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's very difficult mm-hmm. to to assess. um what, what he said, and he talked about uh, several, a document that had several, um, what they called, I think, off-Earth or off-terrestrial um, officers mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. who were
4: part of, uh, I think, a naval intelligence group, and he talked about them being assigned, you know, off-Earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, only only within our little niche of, you know, forums mm-hmm. and, and uh you know, that the type of people get into this stuff, that's, that's the only splash that it made.
1: Right. Right. You know,
4: which if true is unfortunate, but that's the only people that are paying attention to this. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It it just kind of goes into my overall theory that I don't think there's going to be disclosure just by one or two documents, by a perfect video, by, Mm -hmm. um, even a, a UFO landing on the white house lawn. Because if people aren't open to the idea already, mm-hmm. they'll just explain it away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: you know, if it doesn't fit their reality, it's not going to be a paradigm shift for them, and they're just—it's going to mm-hmm. have to be on their doorstep before they finally acknowledge it. Yeah. So it's just another another thing you put in kind of that gray area. Well, I don't know. Could be. Right. Could be.
3: Right. Um, and this is actually a really good segue because I I, I know we're running out of time, but I want to get to this this. Uh, topic with you and that is the topic of this uh it was called the roswell slide or slides but i think it was, no, one, in was one in particular okay. <laughs> the roswell slide and again roswell comes up uh you know uh, and this time for the people that may not be familiar with the story and feel free to correct me if, if i i paraphrase this wrong but apparently uh somebody found some slides in their attic uh, that belonged to their, you know, relatives. I can't remember if it was a, a parent or a grandparent, but they had worked mm-hmm. in the air force base in New Mexico. I
0: thought Mexico. actually it up. Or, oh, I didn't realize it was from a relative.
3: Yeah, I think it was just it was. Oh, stuff. I
0: thought I thought he like bought it somewhere. No, no, no. And just found You're thinking it. of
3: Vivian Mayer, no, no,
0: I, anyway. But, <laughs>
3: so he gets this, <laughs> yeah. Where it's a uh, good documentary, by the way. Finding Vivian Mayer. If you like photography, I highly recommend it. Uh, but they they found this box and this slide was in there with some other stuff in the slide it looks kind of like what we call a, a gray alien you know as we come to know this mm-hmm. uh, particular type of alien and uh, it became a thing you know they were going to live stream it, and there was going to be a big event i believe in they mexico people and yeah <laughs> there were yeah you had you you had to pay to to watch it on live stream and get tickets and do all this which hey fair enough i think putting up events it's it's quite a pricey endeavor and I don't think a lot of the people that you know are, are out there. They're really hustling
0: you know, for that money. Yeah, though. you
3: know. So, so they they did this, and I mean, within hours, I think it was somebody got that slide, you know, the picture of the slide, and they deblurred it, and they could make out that it it was just the mummy of a of a young boy. I should have gave a spoiler alert just in case, but sorry, folks. <laughs> <Too late>. But <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it it just it made me feel like boy, you know, this is kind of making a. Kind of take steps back in this struggle, of having this be treated like a serious topic. It reminded me of the uh, the the alien autopsy video. I, I bought that on VHS with my lunch money because I <laughs> thought was it was real, <laughs> which was meant for lunch. But what did you make of that whole thing, Ben? I mean, did you get an advance preview of this thing at all, or what? What were your thoughts leading up to the reveal, and obviously after the unfortunate result of it?
4: Yeah, I, I did. I was I was involved with this. Um Kind of when it the rumors were first starting, and
2: mm-hmm.
4: what what I'll say is this: first of all, uh, people who look on this with an overall negative, um, you know, view of it, mm-hmm. it there were just some things that could have done better, but it worked as it should have because mm-hmm. it was the UFO community and researchers
2: mm-hmm.
4: who banded together and solved this. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And
4: um, it, for the overall, you know, press. Unfortunately or fortunately, Mm -hmm. it didn't make a splash really at all. They weren't paying attention. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, So if this had been something really, really cool that we we couldn't have solved, Mm -hmm. we needed to find a different way to get to the press at large, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to get the the word out. So um, no harm, no foul in that sense that we solved it um, and, uh, you know, that the world didn't really take notice of it. Mm hmm. But the way that it started, Adam Dew, um, he's a sports caster, documentarian up in Chicago. And I had, through uh, different friends, been kind of given the heads up that somebody might possess some type of slides or, or photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of my colleagues, you know, including Don Schmidt, uh, Tom Carey, and they, they're the foremost authorities on, you know, what, what's what with Roswell at the moment. Mm-hmm. They were hopeful. And we kind of discussed this, and um, I met with Adam a couple years ago down here in Southern California, Mm -hmm. and he showed me a digital file of it. My impression of Adam from the beginning was that um, this guy had spent a lot of money on his documentary. Mm -hmm. He'd done a lot of research on his own. Mm -hmm. He's not a UFO guy. Mm -hmm. He was really not into this topic. He came upon the slide from these two slides. Uh, Somebody had purchased a house that was up for auction um, that I, I think it was the the granddaughter mm-hmm. um, who had put the house up for auction, and he has a friend who goes through and they, they clean up houses
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, to make them ready for auction. And and so this acquaintance, as they were cleaning things up and, and going through the attic, uh, they found this box, and amongst the, the slides... Mm -hmm. of, you'll see slides of, and and I don't, I've never seen this this documentary, so I don't know what they include, but they had slides of famous actors. um, uh, I think Eisenhower and his campaign trail, and there's slides of them hunting or golfing or all these different things. And so it looked Mm -hmm. like this couple kind of rubbed shoulders with the elite Mm -hmm. and kind of painted this really cool story, you know, like, is this Mimi? Eisenhower in this picture here, mm-hmm. this, who's this, who's that. Yeah. And we know that he was a geologist. The granddaughter um, knew that he lived in, I think it was either Kansas or Texas. Okay. But in, in one series of these slides, it appears that he was at White Sands. He was somewhere in New Mexico
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, because he would travel to the, the uh, oil yeah. um, uh, rigs and drilling stations and and, and uh, do sampling and for contract work, I guess it was. Okay. So, what you have are two obscure photos and a lot of conjecture.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: Now, what's writing on this is the implication that this could have been at the time of Roswell, the place of Roswell, mm-hmm. and that he had connections with people who might have been in the know, mainly kind of like after the fact, maybe Eisenhower or somebody. Okay, so, so who are these people? Yeah. It tells a good story,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and Adam is a storyteller. But I will stand by him in that I really, truly believe he did nothing to hoax us, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
4: nothing to dupe people. He truly wanted to know what this was. Yeah. He didn't care. If it turned out to be a mummy, he even expressed to me several times, it's probably going to be a mummy. Oh, wow. You know, and I went home and I looked through mm-hmm. as many mummy pictures as I could find on the Internet. And I'm like, this has got to be a mummy somewhere in some museum. And we just have to find the right picture. Mhm. I couldn't find anything. And so he's getting so frustrated, he asked me to to see if we could help find um, you know, sci-fi channel or somebody that might want to buy the documentary. Mhm. And um, it was difficult. Right. So, kind of in the end of his frustration, he chooses Jaime Masson in Mexico. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Jaime, you know, bless his soul, he's an acquaintance of mine. I think he's a great storyteller. Mhm but he really kind of has no filter. He, he's kind of like, um, you know, the ringleader of the circus, anything yeah. that's a good story, he'll put it out.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: It doesn't, doesn't care. It's just a good filter, everything to him. It could be real,
1: could be true. Yeah. yeah,
4: And so when they put this thing together in Mexico, that's where people started to really feel like, Hey, wait a sec, if this has any chance of being legit, why are you first of all releasing it in a foreign country and not in English? Right. Why are you having people buy tickets online mm-hmm. and while this, you know, big showmanship and then it turns out that someone solves it within, a, you know, a day or so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I don't think Adam was was too, you know, pleased that it took on that tone to it. But I also don't blame him that he wanted to recover the money for the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um. I don't know anything about their numbers if anyone got really rich off of it, mm-hmm. but I believe him. That was not his intent.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And
4: I do think he's happy that it's solved.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, um, so that, and we need more of this. Yeah. yeah. Instead of pulling P- each other down, imagine if we would have had those resources, you know, from mm-hmm. the beginning and somebody was able to do this, then we could really focus the efforts on you know, other things that might be out there that might, you know, lead to something exciting.
3: And just to clarify, because just in case I came off as a douche, uh, (laughs) what I mean as the unfortunate (laughs) result. No, it's because, you know, I'm the kind of person that I just want that evidence it just makes everybody go like oh okay yeah you know these things are are you know here or they exist you know so for me the real loss was that it wasn't real you know mm-hmm. unfortunately and yeah. uh, and and no i agree i think that that like you said we definitely need more of that and unfortunately uh, as you said you know like you know moving it to to Mexico and some of like those little things that began to to pop up I guess made uh, everyone including myself to 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 uh, to an extent you know a bit weary of, of what was going to happen but uh, I believe what what you said you know that he wanted to find the truth and luckily we have the truth as to what that is and it's definitely something that that I can't say it's it's a bad thing to mm-hmm. question. The evidence, and at the same time, keep an open mind to the possibilities. It's just finding the balance between the two, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. It is,
4: and, and unfortunately, we can't always do all that vetting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we—I know he—he he spent a lot of time going to Kodak, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that the film was dated during that year. Right. Yeah. Did as best as he could, but without getting a large enough audience, like was was mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could come forward and say, "Hey, have you tried this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I. I didn't ever have the original slide digital file. I just mm-hmm. was shown it on a laptop. Otherwise, I probably would have played around with it at home and yeah. seen if I could have done something like they did. But, you know, kudos to them. Yeah.
1: yeah. But,
4: but uh, it, it doesn't always work out that way. So sometimes you do have to get it to a wider audience, um, you know, before we've fully vetted it. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got to get it out there to see who else, who else
1: can yeah. help.
3: Yeah, very true. Uh, ben, we're almost out of well, we're pretty much out of time. But two lightning quick questions. Number one, any news on the Bigfoot front? Has there mm-hmm. has there been any anything interesting <laughs> out there that that, that maybe uh, you know we may have missed? This is still well, elusive?
4: We started the year with with a really big uh, you know um, on the Huffington Post a lot of stories, and they all unfortunately turned out to be hoaxes. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigfoot has gotten kind of quiet during the middle part of the year, but as More people go hiking and stuff. I think mm-hmm. you yeah. know we should see some some good stories coming out.
3: Cool. And uh, lastly, uh, I saw that you posted a picture on your Twitter. It, it looks like the chupacabras paid you a visit, or what? What? What are we seeing <laughs> here? Because that that I uh, was like, whoa, there. That's a bit. Yeah. Well, my
4: my sister um, woke up and and found that her three chickens uh, in their coop were mm-hmm. missing their heads. Wow. And uh, she she was just more distraught. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe our chickens are dead! I'm like, well, aren't you concerned about what killed them? <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Yeah, because they were in like what their cage, chicken right? off.
0: And just the heads. You know. yeah,
4: yeah, just the heads. Um, one of them was pulled through the the skinny little bars, and mm-hmm. and the door was still shut. Everything, oh, wow. you know. And I, I I joked about it being a chupacabra, but. I'm guessing maybe a cat or a raccoon had pawed through one of the little holes and got the chicken close to the the bar and then just started pulling on it, but Oh, my. You know, for all three of them just to be without their heads. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, was kind of interesting.
3: Well, Yeah, because you would think, like, at least <laughs> the, when the first chicken got killed, you think the other two would just, like, be like, oh, crap, we better not fall for that trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: No, it's scary to find because, you know, it's all still locked up. So yeah. this all happened from outside oh, yeah. the cage or something. Yeah, I
3: don't know, Ben. I think we got somehow. more in our hands than, than meets the eye on this one. But, uh... <laughs> Forgot to say they were dra- of blood right? oh no, see there's a the telltale <laughs> sign uh, <laughs> <laughs> no Ben thank you so much it's always it's always a fun hang talking to you about all this kind of stuff and you always give us really good insights and really good information why don't you tell people one more time you know where they can find you on social media your website your Twitter and all that
4: sure um, Ben Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N uh, dot com is where I Try to keep things updated as far as where I'm appearing around the country, what I'm doing. Um, Twitter is Ben Hansen zero zero, and I'm on Facebook. Um, sometimes I I have room to add friends on there. When when I say something that offends someone, they they drop me, and I you know have a new space.
1: <laughs> nice.
4: We'll uh, we'll be we'll be doing some projects actually pretty. Pretty quickly that I can't discuss, but um, it looks like things are doing good to be back on cable in some form here. Awesome! Soon,
3: so. Oh, that's exciting! But like Obama said, yeah. you can't reveal anything at this time.
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't reveal. anything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hear for your breathing, but it's really hard, as you can imagine. Uh, ben, thank you so much. Like I said, you, you're a great guy. You're a great guest. Thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. talk to us tonight. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. All right, take thank it easy. You. Have a great night, Ben. You do. Bye, bye. Oh, good night. That was. The one, the only, Mr. Ben Hansen, and well,
0: apparently not the only. There's another one on Twitter. Oh, I know, I forgot.
3: Yeah, we uh, we should uh, we should help him get that Twitter handle
0: what, or, or something. Like a petition, Start a petition, a petition to the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: they got to do something, right? <laughs> Unless Obama tells us he can't reveal anything about that either. Yeah, Obama. No, like I said, those videos. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. If you're listening to this uh, on iTunes as as uh, our podcast. You know, go to our website, WTR radio.com, You will see this uh, whole uh, story and we'll embed the uh, videos on there so that people can watch them and then listen to the interview. I think it will make a lot more sense in that way. Yeah, I know. Um, like I said, I, I would have never given it more than, than a few minutes to the idea that maybe they were hiding something. But once you listen to Ben's analysis... And
0: they're, they're, and they're really pretty interesting. They're, they're, honestly, they're long, but they...
3: Ben, ben they said, you know, you that they're long, grab some coffee. But yeah, it's a really... You hit play and you next thing you know, you watch the whole thing. Yeah, no,
0: it's so super interesting.
3: So it's full of really interesting information and facts. And regardless how you feel about the precedent, mm-hmm. Uh, precedence past and present. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's fascinating. So definitely go check that out. Again, huge uh, thanks to Ben and shout out to Ernie Alonso who uh, helped us put this <laughs> this interview together. Shout yeah. out to Ernie Alonso. Check out Haunted Orange County because fall is just around the corner.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's actually Haunted OC.
3: Oh, no, it's OC. Sorry, sorry. Haunted
0: Ernie. OC.com. Yeah.
3: I'll fix this in the in the editing. So it's just <laughs> one straight. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning in and checking it out. Don't forget to check out the website, Wotiradio.com. We have some really fascinating inter- interviews. If you want to follow along with the with the uh, alien UFO theme, we have uh, interviews with Eric Von Daniken. Um, you know, if you're into conspiracy like political stuff, we had Jin Mars talking about the JFK conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh if you like religious, you know, crazy stuff, uh, check out the, our interviews
0: with Tony Ortega, Tony Ortega. and Lynn Campbell. Yeah, uh,
3: Tony Ortega, who's been covering Scientology since 1995. Featured in the documentary Going Clear. And obviously, Lane Campbell, former Scientologist and Sea Org mm-hmm. member. We have that other interesting interview with uh, Astronaut's story, Musgrave. Anyways, <laughs> a ton, a ton of cool stuff there to keep you busy. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search West of the Rockies or find the link on Maybe, our you website. Know,
0: give us a little rating. Yeah. You know, give us five uh,
3: stars or yeah, something, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, that's a maybe something, help
0: something. us out. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, as uh, always, Engineer Frank on Twitter, the Rockies on Facebook, uh, Genevieve Uwe on Twitter. Yeah. And also at No Added Flavors Thursday nights, 9 mm-hmm. p.m. Send your requests, jokes.
0: Twitter is at WTRBDU. <clears throat>
3: And our Twitter, yep, W-O-T-O Radio, and as I say, website wtlradio.com. Anyways, that being said, thank you guys. Take care. Be safe. God bless. Don't don't do anything too crazy. Bring your chickens inside. You don't want a raccoon or, know, a gosh, or a cat or a chupacabra that's crazy, to get to That have... is, I would have freaked. That would have been like, dude, aliens for sure. Like
0: <laughs> that's your answer to everything. That's though. yeah.
3: Anyways, we're we're talking we're talking about UFOs and whatnot. So we're gonna go out with the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I I like their first album i thought it was good this is uh this was i think this was the lead single to that oh. first album called i'll stick around we'll stick around here but we'll be back next sunday night 9 p.m pacific time right here on the independent
0: FM. hopefully you'll stick around for that
3: yep. have a great night bye-bye west of the rockies with frank the engineer on the independent fm los angeles